All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Shine With Brandy Show, y'all. I am so glad you guys are here today. I've got a very special treat for you. Our sweet sister in Christ, Michelle Donnelly, is here from Plus One Parents, and I'm so excited to introduce her to you here as a Shine With Franny listener. So welcome, sweet Michelle. Hey, Franny. So good to be with you, girl. I'm so glad to have you. So let me just start off by introducing how we know each other. So last year in November of 2020, 2020, oh my gosh, 2020, I know. I can't <laughs> believe it. I can't believe it. She and I met actually at a Dave Ramsey event and she was one of the very first people that I saw in the lobby of the hotel. And she's just adorable as I'll get out. And her spirit on the inside is just, it actually it exceeds the beauty on her outside. She's just a beautiful person. And so I'm so excited to have her come here today. So let me move out of the way and let me have you tell the listeners a little bit about you, a little bit about your story and what led you to plus one parents. Hmm, thanks for that glowing review, Brittany. <laughs> you got it, girl. You got it. Yeah. So plus one parents is something that was born out of my own personal journey journey. It's a ministry that caters to single parents and providing spiritual resources for anybody who might find themselves walking through that season. For me, I ended up becoming a single mom of three unexpectedly about four years ago. And through my healing and recovery journey, I started to understand that I was not alone in this, but also was not alone in having tons of questions and not really finding great or I shouldn't say great, but not an abundance of resources when it came to understanding divorce and abuse and God's heart in these things. And was God okay with me? And just, it was a complete reshuffling of how I understood God and myself and other people around me. And so what I just started to do and just the way I process is I write and started a blog and just started hearing from more and more people who were saying, wow, you're putting words to my experience. This is what's happening to me. And so it just continued to go on and on to the point now where there's a podcast and books and, you know, all kinds of wonderful resources that we have on the horizon, but it's basically just to create a safe community and safe place where single parents can navigate this unexpected but also beautiful season of life. I absolutely love that. And I love too, that you mentioned about the importance of journaling. I tell all of my listeners all the time in order to live, to live a noteworthy life, you have to take notes mm. because I totally believe that. I mean, I look back to my journals and I see what I've processed and I see what God has spoken to me in those times and those seasons or a scripture or a sermon that I heard. And I'm like, wow, that was powerful. And it brought me through a dark place or whatnot. So I love that you were able to take what you were enduring and then turn it into something that had, you know, ministry beyond what you ever imagined it to be. I'm sure, you know, and, and what we, what I found in my life journaling, I, I got my first journal from my godmother when I was in the second grade. And so I would, I started journaling from that point. And of course, at the beginning, it was like, today we went to the zoo and today was so-and-so's birthday party, you know, right. it was things like sure. that, but Anecdotal. I started, yes, but it was this beginning of putting words to the journey. Yes. And while I, I named my journal, you know, and yeah. over time though, I recognized that these these would become my prayers. You know, these yes. would become my conversations with God and my brain runs so fast. <laughs> 
and I can't write that fast, right? Though, so it's one right. of those things that it actually slows me down to the point where I can, I can only write as as fast as I can, you know. So right. I, I have to refine my thought before it comes out on paper. Right. Not to say that I edit myself as sure. much as I'm able to formulate exactly what it is I'm trying to say, right. and that there's in that slowing down, there's so much more we can receive from what, from what the Lord would have us know as we're, we're experiencing that. So don't you love that though? I love when you have like that Holy spirit, like divine download, and you literally can't write fast enough to get what he's putting out. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I oftentimes will use the voice recorder on my phone and I'll be out walking. I'm like, you know, I like just ramble for minutes. And so i you know, that's just a call to anyone who's listening today. Who's like, Oh, my voice doesn't matter or what I'm going through, you know, because we forget these things. And so I think that you're just confirming for somebody perhaps mm-hmm. who's out there the importance of slowing down taking time to reflect and you know see yourself through the seasons you know that god yeah. has brought you through so well sister friend one of the things that i was so excited about having you you know as i sit and i map out and i pray about okay what are the themes coming up and what are the you know kind of topics i want to address um, I knew that this month is all we're diving into all things self-related self-love self-care self-awareness self-worth And again, having met you, you know, over a year ago and seeing your journey and seeing what you've been, you know, doing and all the amazing content you put out for people, I knew I had to have you on. And so in doing research for this, you know, I I learned about the mission of plus one parents and, you know, to help, I'm going to just read out loud. And then I'm going to ask you some questions, but to help overcome overwhelm and help rebuild God empowered lives and raise up a new generation. So I think that's just so powerful because all encompassing of the wholeness of the parent as well as the building of the kingdom and the building up, you know, the next generation. But right. one of the overarching values, you know, in this statement that I just hear is the importance of boundaries, you know? And so can you help us unpack, you know, what are healthy boundaries? You have mentioned, you know, um, recovering from abuse and the importance of what God says about, you know, we know, we know what the Bible says about divorce, but what does he say about a single parent and how do we establish those boundaries in our own, really our our soul, right. Our mind, our will, our emotions, yeah. our soul. So how do we create those boundaries and move forward in a God spirit love life, if you will? Yeah. So I think the issue with boundaries and why we don't understand them is we don't understand what's inside of them first. Mm-hmm. And so boundaries are something that become difficult for us when we don't recognize what's inside the boundary, what the boundaries are then for. And we end up either being way too flexible with our boundaries. And in that case, it's not really a boundary at all, or we become way too protective and we've built walls and barriers, which are also not a boundary. So this begins though, with the understanding of what is it that's inside this boundary. And firstly, we have to understand in our relationship to the Lord that we carry his image. We are his image bearers and carry within us the Holy spirit. And those that, that, that makes us so very precious to God, that we would be a dwelling place for him. And the Bible says that the Lord wills and works within us. So there's an outworking of this inherent worth that is specific to the ways that God wills and works through us, given our talents, our abilities, our interests, And how that then outflows to the people around us, how then that is an inflow from the people around us into us. And there go there then is the need for boundaries. We cannot have no boundaries, you know, or low boundaries where 
anything and everything can come in and everything and everything goes out. Mm -hmm. That puts us in an extremely vulnerable spot, but we can't also have walls because then nothing goes out and we can't be blessed with anything coming in. And so then if we understand a boundary then as a means to protect what is sacred and protect that relationship and peace that the Lord is working through in us, then we understand that this could have some flexibility, right? But it also needs to have some structure and rigidity. So it's balance. We get in trouble when we go too far one way or the other, right? right. So when we think about a house, for example, it's not a wall, <laughs> you know, and it's not a gaping hole. You think about your house has doors and windows, you know, that can protect the people inside, but that can also be opened to allow in sunshine and breezes and refreshment, things like that. So your boundaries then are meant to establish your separateness from the people around you that protect you from influences that are not healthy and are not good, protect you from people who would take advantage of what is inside of you for their own gain, but they allow you with trustworthy community and people that are safe for you to then pour out and then to receive as well. I absolutely love that. And I love the protective walls, you know, that they are not boundaries. You mentioned that a few minutes ago, because I think for me, um, my listeners know that I'm, you know, gainfully single at 46, never been married. And so they hear me talk a lot about that, but I know in my own life that I have definitely built up walls. I don't want to let people in because of what you just mentioned, the yeah. vulnerability. And I think, and maybe you can speak to this and I'm going to stray from our, you know, outline a little bit no, here, good. but I feel like with you as a mom and for those moms who are listening, perhaps, how do you then create even those environments for your kids to have those boundaries too, because as you talk about like the importance of like raising up that new generation, mm -hmm. how do you help them establish those boundaries? So they don't become walls because we know that it becomes a defense, right? Yeah. And we mm -hmm. go ahead and we just want to protect ourselves and we want to protect our kids. Yeah. And so is there any way that you can, you know, provide maybe some, you know, tangible, you know, steps for somebody to help their children with that? Yeah. So this is one of the things we talk about at plus one parents is the oxygen mask and the essence of what it is to do the work for yourself, because mm. then your parenting becomes a natural outflow of that. So if you are hypervigilant to the point where you are building up walls for yourself, you're going to do the same thing with your kids. But the problem is you're not going to build a fence around you and your kids. You're going to build one in between you and your kids. Oh, that's good girl. Yeah. So it over time is going to be something that your kids become very resentful and then they're ill-equipped to be able to manage their own relationships because then there becomes this distrust of the, the world around them. Um, on the flip side, and I actually am on the other end of the spectrum. So where you talk about being, you know, wall builder, I was the one who was like hard on my sleeve and everything is okay. And like bend myself into a pretzel to be anything to everybody. Right. Which then also does the same thing though, where if I haven't built this into myself to understand how do I establish a good boundary, then I don't have the right boundaries with my own kids. And what that does in a case where you don't have solid boundaries is it can create a situation and every kid's personality is different. They all handle this differently, but it can create a situation where there's maybe too much permissiveness in parenting and mm. there's not really consequences. So there might be a whole lot of don't do that. You might even feel like 
you are, you know, always on top of your kids and all that kind of stuff. But the kids start to figure out some of them anyway, start to figure out that like, hmm, you say one thing and they do something else. Yeah. So then there is a friction that can happen in relationship that way. Yeah. So, and then when it comes to the way that they might re look at their relationship with the outside world, you can run the risk of having kids who also have way too low of boundaries or who also are looking for low boundaries. Yes. So in any way that you slice all of this though, it's knowing what is your tendency and then doing the work for yourself. So that means, okay, if I'm a wall builder, I've got to get solid on understanding trustworthiness and I don't need to distrust everybody. I need to figure out who I can share with in what increments and what is safe and start to explore vulnerability that way. If you're a person who has really low boundaries or no boundaries, it's also understanding trustworthiness, but recognizing not everybody is trustworthy. You mm -hmm. might have a tendency to overshare. You might have a tendency to have some remorse, like, Ooh, did I say too much? You know, and those types of things. And those are all keys to you to say, hold back, invest a little, and yeah. watch, wait and see how this person then recipro reciprocates, responds. When you share, do they share? That's a hallmark of safety. So that you have the ability to say, I'm going to give in small increments rather than giving the whole thing all at once. Yeah. And so when we understand that trustworthiness really is the core here of allowing people to establish whether or not they're safe for us, then we have the ability to then strengthen our boundaries because we know that if we make a mistake, because setting boundaries is an awkward <laughs> journey <laughs> and you're going to make mistakes. Sometimes you're going to swing way too far in one direction or the other. And you need people that, you know, that if you make a mistake, they're still going to love you. And that's really what the whole deal with boundaries is, is I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid of being unloved. So let me just figure that whole thing out on my own either via having no boundaries <laughs> and being available to everybody or having way too high of boundaries and pushing everybody out. Girl, I love that. The way, what, the way you just described that, that it's a fear of being rejected or unloved, right? And it's a perfect segue because I know that my listeners are very familiar that on this show, I talk a lot about my own personal abuse that I endured as a child, you know, obviously from even before I was born, I came into a very volatile, you know, my parents were in a very volatile marriage at the time. And so I talk about my own physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. Um, and it's extremely common. I know, you know, statistically one in four women have had ex experienced this. But I think you bring up something that's hugely important in terms of trustworthiness and knowing who to trust, because oftentimes, especially because of the male figures in our families or lack thereof, mm -hmm. we have a distrust and we know that God is represented air quote in the right. family unit as a man. Right. And so that we then have a distrust of men, not only as a father figure, our own personal father figures, but even in the men in our relationships with, you know, especially with children that their father is not trustworthy. Mm -hmm. So with that, you know, I, I want to know if you can kind of help me unpack that a little bit about how that abuse and, and maybe it's my own story, but how that impacts our identity. And then again, in essence, our other relationships and our parenting styles and our own belief systems about ourselves. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head for any that our experiences with the people around us are going to affect our view of God and yes. how we see him, how he sees us. 
And being an image bearer, our identity is inextricably tied to who God is. And so if we are afraid of who God is, or we don't trust who God is, then we're going to have an extremely difficult time figuring out who we are because we don't know how to relate to God. And so the first thing that we have to do is recognize that what we have suffered in this life at the hands of other people disgusts the Lord, that he abhors abuse. He does not want to see his children exploited and manipulated and tortured. And his heart is to rescue people who have experienced those things at the hands of other humans and to cover those broken ones with his love that they could experience his gentleness and his kindness, that they can know who he is as a good, perfect father, Mm -hmm. as what a father is supposed to be. He wants us to be able to say, it is not supposed to be this way. He wants us to be able to say, that is not okay. That is not how a dad treats a child. That is not how a husband treats a wife. He wants us to be able to know that this was not his original design and that he's making it all right. And the way that he makes it right though, is that he rescues us and then he covers us and protects us. And the thing that happens a lot of times is when we don't know who God is though, and we don't really know who we are, then we sometimes resist that protection and where maybe we've been taken away from a situation, we may still find ourselves repeating unhealthy patterns. So for me, for example, I was divorced and after some time of recovery, I started dating again and then recognized, wow, I suck at this. <laughs> if I can be so blunt. <laughs> You're speaking to the best of them, girl. You're speaking to the best of them. Uh, but recognizing, okay, like God was not okay with what happened to me. And he made that abundantly clear. And he allowed me to grow up a little bit in his love and start to understand who I was. But then in these other experiences, recognizing, wow, I keep running to stuff though, that is very familiar, very similar, but still unhealthy. And in that he, he allowed me to peel back the layers even more so of what are the lies that I believe about myself that will cause me to feel comfortable in a relationship where I am devalued or where I am not seen as a separate person with dignity. And so in those negative experiences, I still grew though. And I saw where I would want certain relationship to work out so badly. And then when it would go up in a ball of flames, I was so frustrated, but only now with healing and perspective and relationship with the Lord, I'm able to see, he was like, daughter, I am not going to let you settle for that. And how good he is to continue though. He pursues us, how good he is to pull us out of the things that we even create for ourselves and show us the reason you're going after that is because you don't know who you are. You don't know how wonderfully I've made you. You don't know how how I delight in you. And when we understand how much he just, Zephaniah says that he sings songs over us. And you just think about a parent rocking their baby to sleep, just singing lullabies. Like that's our God. And so when we understand that that's who our dad is, and that's, that's the word the Lord moved me towards in this journey was to understand him as my dad. 
Yes. You know, not just father, capital F, you know, yeah. but like yes. my dad, then I can see that I can see myself as that little baby, yep. you know, as that sweet little girl. Yeah. And I want to protect her. You know, I want mm -hmm. her to know, to just walk in her, her inherent value. And so boundaries then become a whole lot easier. Parenting becomes a whole lot easier. I'm not looking for my worth and my validation in relationships even if that's with my kids, you know, it's not about performance. It's not about how great I can show up. It's not about who we know. It's not about, you know, any of these other things. And that, that also means though, that when those ache, those aching points mm -hmm. are just overwhelming. And this is, you know, the piece about overcoming overwhelm that we're able to turn back to the Lord then, because we know he's safe. Yes. We know that he listens. We know that he cares. He's already shown his kindness. He continues to show us how tender he is. And so that gives us courage then when we feel lonely or rejected or mad or whatever it is to know we're accepted Yes. no matter what. So if I'm angry, I can say, Lord, I am angry. And right. I know that he hears me and he's not threatened by me having hard questions right. and where I may not get answers. I have now a trust and an intimacy with him that I don't always need them. You know, I can just have a reassurance that he has always been there. He's still yeah. there. He's going yeah. to be there and that I can lean into that and I can trust him. Well, and that is so awesome because I think last year I read a book and it was all about like the names of God and the character of God. Right. And, um, this relates to a quote that I read and I actually used it in a story last week on your page, but when we only look at God, as you mentioned, capital letter F, you know, father, or even Lord, like, how do you refer to God and how do you see God? And we do have to kind of unlearn what we know about God, you know, the judge or the master or the mm. police officer or whatever, yeah. we have to see him as Abba. And yeah. like you mentioned, protecting that little girl and he's just singing over you and just rocking you, you know, to sleep, even in your, you know, in my case, 46 year old self, like he's still like, Hey baby girl. And that's actually what God calls me as baby girl. Like mm. when I'm right, you know, and I'm like hearing God speak, he's like, baby girl, I got you. You know, and I'm like, mm. Oh, well, here we go again. You know, like I'm Jacob <laughs> wrestling with him all the time. Yeah. But you know, you, you brought up so many important things, you know, and the repeating of the past and things that are very familiar and very unhealthy. And obviously this show is geared towards women, you know, faith, fitness, and fun is kind of the overarching themes or are, are the overarching themes, pardon me. And so we know that, you know, our weight is not measured, if you will, always on a scale or an address size, of course, or our health is certainly not, you know, qualified and quantified in those ways, but much of the weight that we carry is in our emotions and in, in the experiences that we've had that we then allow us, you know, impact us in the solical space. And so on your page, I read something that was awesome. And it said, the weight we carry is what we pass on to others. And I was like, boom, you know, because mm. that really connected with me because I carried weight for so long, shame, guilt, fear, you know, anger, condemnation, bitterness, all the things. And so I wanted to know if you could, for the audience member who's sitting there listening today, who's nodding her head in agreement with the, so many of the things you're saying, yeah. um, you know, even though I'm not a parent, I'm sitting here going, oh yeah, girl, preach, you know, mm. and thinking to myself, like, what would you say to that woman today? Who's perhaps carrying weight of abuse or feelings of unworthiness or a fractured history, um, you know, that single mom who's like, is this okay with God? You know, what does mm -hmm. he think about this? What would you say to her today? And if there's any practical step to help her move forward in yeah. that? Yeah. So we have to think about the things that have happened in our past as bricks 
that we're carrying around, or maybe like a ball and chain, like something that is just attached to us. And one of the things that helped me to really understand, I think of it like maybe as a suitcase full of bricks, you know, and we don't want to ever open the suitcase. Sometimes we don't really want to go back there, you know? Um, But the thing we have to recognize is some of those bricks were given to us. So when we talk about that weight being the thing that is passed on, some of that's generational, some of our, our pain, some of our coping patterns, some of the dysfunction, things that have been given to us were passed down. And those are bricks that were given to us that we don't have any responsibility for having in our suitcase. There are also bricks though, that out of the the past that we've continued in negative coping strategies, we've continued to seek after things that are ultimately not going to be fulfilling for us. Mm. And the deal is no matter whether or not the brick was given to you or something that you have put in your suitcase yourself, the Lord wants to carry the burden. Mm. It is not for us to keep striving and keep putting bricks into this thing or keep saying, I don't need anybody's help. I can carry the suitcase. It's fine. It's, it's not meant for us to carry. And so where you feel weighed down, you're it's because you're carrying all this with you. And if you are, are going to continue with that, it impacts every relationship you have. It impacts your relationship with God because you're hiding something that he already knows you got. Mm -hmm. And then we're not able to be our authentic selves with him. We can't be our authentic selves with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we can't be that way for people we're in relationship with or kids or whatever the case is. So the, the deal though, is that that suitcase, it seems like Pandora's box. Like we do not want to open up what's in there sometimes because we're afraid of what we're going to find. And one of the things we have to recognize is there may be a time to start going backwards, but the Lord wants us to know so much of his safety and his kindness in the present. So as I mentioned, like in these cases where these cases where I was dating and I was in these unhealthy relationships, the Lord allowed me to cry to him and be held by him and to just know his compassion before we dug into the, why are you doing this, Michelle? The why is nowhere near as important as what, what are we going to do? What, where are we going from here? There can be a time where, where it's safe enough, where you feel like you're in safe community, where you have support, where you have a good relationship that's starting to bud with the Lord, that you can go backwards and start unpacking that stuff that was given to you. But when it comes to how we get there, it's actually by resting in where you're at right now, giving the Lord, the bricks, you know, you're heaping into your own suitcase and say, Lord, I am doing this thing and I don't want to do it anymore. So start with what's in your hand right now. Start with where you're at, what you can change, what you can adjust and walk those out with God first. And as you start walking forward and you start having some lightness then it makes it a little easier to go backwards into that suitcase and look at the stuff from behind. And 
it just gives you a whole other context because now you've had positive experiences with God. Now you've built trust with him. So you can start to unpack that old stuff and say, oh, oh, I see this in a completely different way now. But he, you know, we look at um, in John 9, Jesus and the disciples encounter the man born blind and the disciples are all hung up on the why they're all hung up on why is he blind? You know, was it, was it his parents or him who sinned? You know, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> is it yeah. my, my bricks? Is it my, my parents or me, you know? Right. Right. Um, but Jesus turns their attention to the power of God being manifested in this broken situation and saying that this happened so that the power of God would be shown in his life. And Jesus is inherently telling these guys, let's focus on the, what, what are we going to see come out of this? And a lot of times what holds us back is the, why, why was it like this? Why did this happen? Why did this person do this to me? And the Lord can handle all of those. We might not be ready for it. Right. And so that's where if we can press into the, okay, but I'm still here and he's still here. So there's gotta be a reason for that. And we start pursuing that. What we can really start to see God's power moving in our lives. So good in those questions, you know, being a former English teacher, the who did what, where, when, and why, right? Those are like the important words to ask and, and whatnot. And you had that uh, John 9 scripture you just mentioned, you know, so often we focus on the why, as you mentioned, but also how, how did I get here? How am I going to get out of this? How is this happening? You know, we oftentimes will ask those kinds of questions too. And I loved one of the other quotes on your page that you had shared was, yes, we know about God, right? And we know the character of God, but what's really important is to know where he is. And he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. That's right. And so I love that you're able to tie this in, you know, in terms of knowing who God is, knowing the compassion, the heart of our Abba father and saying like, he's in me. Like, and you had mentioned this in the very beginning, like we are made in his image so much so that he says, you know what, you're the perfect home for the Holy spirit to come and live. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we forget that we, we negate because we can't see it. It's the invisible, it's the unseen. And so I just absolutely love all of these things are just so perfectly suited, uh, you know, not only just for the, the fitness component, I talk about fitness, not being like physical body fitness, but your soul fitness, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like making sure that just like three John two says that your soul would prosper just as you are prospering. Mm -hmm. And so we really need to have that. So, well, you and I could talk for hours and hours and hours, and maybe we'll just have to get <laughs> together for a reunion sometime, yeah. but I do want to share with my guests a couple of things. One is I want you to tell them about the podcast. I'm going to put yeah. in the show notes, how they can connect with you and find you and all the things I know for sure that this is blessed people. And I know that they're going to want to learn more and dive in. And then also tell us about your new book. Oh my goodness. Safe yes. Haven. Tell us about that. I'm going to give, give a copy away to a listener, the first person who um, emails me, I'm going to go ahead and have Michelle sign it for you. And we'll send it off to you with a special little shine treat too. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about both of those sister. Yeah, sure. So the podcast is the Christian single moms podcast. So where plus one parents does have resources for single moms and single dads, the Christian single moms podcast is specifically a place for women, single moms to just start to unpack, like I said, what's in that suitcase, you know, and what is God doing in this season mm -hmm. of our lives and safe Haven, as you mentioned, is a new devotional that we released. It's safe Haven, a devotional for the abused and abandoned. And it is a devotional that is written for any abuse survivor. So whether or not that was a romantic partner, a parent, or another influential person in your life, it takes you through a recovery journey of understanding what does the Bible say about abuse? 
what do you need to do in responding to it? And then how the Lord will then lead you on a healing journey. I love that. I think I need to get a copy for myself, even though I've done a lot of the soul work, you know, around that and the forgiveness. And I've, you know, put those bricks away, you know, I go ahead and let the butler take those over for me. You know, sometimes I do unpack those. They become like a little whack-a-mole, right? Mm -hmm. On this show, I talk about how it's the same skeleton in my closet. It just looks differently. It just is dressed differently, you know, just kind of disguises itself different ways. So perhaps I will buy myself a book as well. So I would love to support you that way too. So, all right, let's just finish it up with some like real fun, rapid fire questions. Are you ready? All right. Let's do it. (laughs) Tacos or pizza? Tacos. Oh my gosh. I'm a California girl at heart. (laughs) Okay. Are you soft or hard? Uh, Hard tacos. Oh, look at you. Okay. Dog or cat? Dogs. Okay. Do you have a dog? I do. I thought so. I think I've seen yep. pictures. He's a okay. mini sheep, sheep, a doodle. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's so, that's right. I remember when you got him last year, I was like, what kind yes. is that? Oh my gosh. So a cute. Buzzball. <laughs> Our favorite dance tune, like to let, let loose and like channel oh. your best, like college girl self. Oh, dance tune. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It's love shack by the B-52s. <laughs> I love that. We're going to have a reunion dance party then for sure. For sure. For sure. (laughs) All right. Last question is what is the best first date, either venue or like outing excursion experience that Mm -hmm. you like would be your dream date, or maybe you've already had it. I don't know. Okay. So I, you just said something, and I think this is important to differentiate first. You said best first date. Sorry, this is not rapid fire, but anyway, then you just said best date, like best date date. And I think it's important to distinguish because I think a first date, it's just like, let's get to know each other. Like we don't want to have all this hyper like chemistry business going on when I'm just trying to figure out who you are and like what are, you know, like where our alignment points are, whatever. So for me, I actually just think a great, like low key coffee, you know, for a first date is really wonderful. But if we're talking about like a, like best date, I really like to do something that's active, you know, so something that's adventurous, even if it's a hike picnic, you know, something that's outdoors, that's kind of my jam. Well, it's so funny because I, last year I was dating this guy and like our first date, guess what was laser tag. (laughs) Would you expect anything less from me? No, like anybody (laughs) knows me. And I, I, cause I refuse, like, I mean, I think it's good to get to know people, but like, don't go to a movie or don't just go to dinner because if it's not going well, there's like the net, like the negative mindset in me, like, then you have to wait until appetizers and the full meal. And then who pays and all the things. (laughs) You're like, we're stuck. I know. (laughs) I know. I like coffee though. It's like, we can, and I, and I usually sandwich it with something else going on right afterwards. So it's like, that's good. That's good. Good, good, good wisdom. Well, I know that I've so enjoyed my time together with you today. Yeah, and so too. I know that the uh, women or whomever listens to this man or woman uh, will be blessed. So I will definitely make sure to include all the ways they can find you and connect with you in the show notes. You guys, she is as lovely as she is wise and insightful and everything. So follow her on all of her platforms. I'll put all that in the show notes, but thank you so much for being here today, sweet sister. Thank you for having me, Franny. It was such a treat. All right, sister friend who is listening to this, keep on shining. And that's how I end our session. So if this blessed you, I have a feeling it might bless other ones because God is in the two for one business. So go ahead and share it on social, share it with a friend and let her know that she is loved beyond measure until next time. Keep on shining.